0: Welcome to the Grio Journal’s Coming Home Podcast, The sacred space where we embark on a transformative journey of self-discovery, community building, and holistic healing. I am your host, Dr. Marion Jefferson. And I invite you to join us as we delve deep into the tapestry of human connection, the power of storytelling, and the healing arts. Together, we'll explore the profound wisdom that guides us on our quest to truly come home to ourselves, our communities, and the world around us. Let's embark on this enriching voyage together. Now we're entering into the world. We're talking about triggers. Like, What are the things that trigger you? uh, And what are the reactions? And getting to know that. That too is intentional because we don't always just know those things. Right. right? So how is it that we can, how would you then encourage a client to explore what their triggers are to apply these skills in real time, in practice time so that it can become second nature to them?
1: Well, a lot of times in sessions, we hear the patterns, right? So. When we're talking and I'm making notes, "Mm, okay, that's the second time. Or, "Mm, okay, there's another relationship that kind of ended this way. "Mm, Okay. I hear that when we talk about, you know, your dog passing, that you tend to tear up. And it's like, yes, because I love my dog and things. And so now that lets me know, okay, we're getting into grief. So then with grief, it's like, what can we identify closely associated to the pattern or the theme of social anxiety, right? Like when I go into big crowds, I tend to have a panic attack. And it's like, okay, so that is identifying like what sets us off, either words, conversations, smells, sense, like all the senses, right? Um, Because we are sensory beings. We live through our body and through our senses, and that helps them again bring that awareness. Like when I hear this song, mm-hmm. I break down. When I smell this scent, I think back to this abusive relationship. Uh, when I see the color pink, my ex always wore pink. I can't stand pink, right? So we're I'm helping them to use their senses, so that we can tap in to like that emotion, so that we can tap into like what is running. That, that mindset for you because like for example one client um she doesn't like to hear door slams like it like she hears the door slams and she jumps right that is a natural response when she you. to the root of that she was in abusive marriage and when she heard that door slam she, she braced herself because she knew here came her spouse and things were about to get you know, hostile. So now it's like, like, well, when we hear that trigger, what is going on? Because the natural response is to tense up. But now she's finding like, I have a reason to tense up though. And that's how it normally turns into because I'm not in that abusive relationship. I've been having it for a long time. I'm in a new relationship. But hearing the door am I picked up and then we're applying that to the new partner who has shown no signs that that's where things are going to go, but that is living in her, right? It's kind of like that dog. And so now it's like, well, when you hear the door slam, what can you do to bring yourself a sense of safety? And she's like, well, I can look like I can look in that direction. So now mm-hmm. we're facing the trigger. Yeah. Because at first she would hear the door and she's just kind of like, you know, just like not. she's avoiding it. And so now it's like, look over there. Like I can look at the door. And then that gives a sense of like, I can look at the door. And then like, well, and then who's coming through the door? And it's like, well, my boyfriend. Okay. And like, what do you think about your boyfriend? Well, he's amazing. So now we're like reassociating right. the slam door, the initial thing we can't prevent, right? Like sometimes it's like a jump, and then it's like, okay, oh, there's my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then that gives a sense of security. So it's like the practice of that, like going to that trigger, reassociating that with that sound canine. Mm-hmm. And bringing a sense of safety that you're not in that relationship. Again, where's the evidence, right? Like, well, are you still with him? No. Well, do y'all argue like you and your ex-husband did? No. Okay. Has he shown any abusive? No. That's okay. So how can we work to
0: reassociate ourselves with the slam River? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Retelling that story. So the old stories still exist, but then yes. you're experiencing trauma there's no room for the new information because you're yeah. well by the old old story yes yeah. yeah I yeah. love it so does it work differently for different populations like do you do things differently for your gerontology uh population than you do for like your children and teens hmm that's a
1: good question overall yes because what goes into that is The development stage, Mm. where we are, and I, I love my kiddos. They are so smart and insightful, and they, they just have feelings. And I love that they trust me with their feelings, and that we explore their feelings. We're talking about like the school bullies, and like what they're gonna wear. They want to color their hair, and they want to be cute, and like this boy like me. And it's like okay, like let's get into healthy relationship, right? Mm -hmm. talk about these conversations early of course given their development i started 12 13 so we're at that prime beginning age of conformity and like trying to figure myself out and where i fit in with all the labels that's around and um so development plays a big part because my aging and my gerontology they are one, they've learned a lot of like lessons. Look, they be teaching me, okay? Like give me some wisdom. But then they're able to apply all that they've learned in a different way because they've lived a while. Like now it's like, mm, I don't really have time and energy for that. Mm. Mm, I don't really talk to her anymore because I learned a long time ago. You know, we we get into those kind of dialogues, and they're planning for the next inevitable stage of their life. And so it's a lot of, it's funny because it's like both things are, right? Like my kiddo planning for the next inevitable stage of their life. And then my gerontology population is preparing preparing for the next, the inevitable stage of their life. And so um, just meeting them where they are with what I know about, okay, around this age bracket, this is what's important to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where do you see the field, Heading in the next few years. Do you see this as something that more practitioners are integrating um, into their practices and more people are are picking up? In
1: relation to like aromatherapy or those holistic therapies? Yes.
0: But we would say the aromatherapy is part of a holistic practice, right? Right, right. So I think.
1: We talk about the self journey and like finding ourselves. For me, that means in a very raw and real way, like take away the materials, take away like what we thought we knew, take away the the conspiracies that we have with the world, and really getting to
0: what do you mean like, by uh, that? What do you mean by conspiracy that with we you? have of the world? Yes. When you I say th- that I feel a little bit wonky, a little bit crazy. <laughs> But look, I have
1: conspiracies on the world too. Like, I'm definitely, you know, the people out to get us kind of person. But then it's like going outside and rooting yourself in nature. And like everything comes from nature what we eat, what we see, animals, colors, right? <laughs> like, when you walk out into a garden, all of those colors, all of these textures, all of these sounds, and it starts with nature. Like, we are a part of the soil, like we are the earth. Like we go into it, and it comes back into us. And I think the holistic therapy re- it reroots us back to the foundation, yeah, of like who we are, where we come from, what's important what um what our intake is that's providing nutrients and fuel for our body. And it's not like technology, it's not computers, it's not prescriptions, it's not, I don't know, books and and things. It's really like the earth. And I think holistic is all about like this, like, oh, like this basic, like rooted feel. And there's no better way to be rooted than like your feet planted or like your butt in the chair, like sitting down, right? And like feeling stable. And that's what I think the holistic practice brings. So I see the future being bright because a lot of people realize I have to get back to myself and I'm not getting myself out of money and work and, and things and responsibilities. I'm getting back to myself by going out and like breathing in the air, feeling the sun on my skin, again, my senses, hearing birds, seeing butterflies, like smelling Oh, I don't know what whatever pleasant smells are, are out there, right? Like whether it's I don't know, like popcorn or you know, like we're rooting back to that, mmm, like that smells good, or it smells yeah. fresh, yeah. Light. Same way you can smell rain, right? Just it's right back to our senses. And so that's the holistic therapy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Also good to transport yourself back. Two, when things because a lot of people have childhood traumas, and so they block out whole parts of their memory because they're so overwhelmed by mm. the experience. Yes. The practice of mindfulness, we're not again walking away from that, but over time, gently exposing uh, ourselves to that event, and then, as you described earlier, overlaying new information yes. in that same space, so that when yes. I think of the door slamming and I remember angry faces and my heart begins to pound. Now I want to intentionally hear that door slam and move through that process overlaying the new information that we've talked about today to include not just the sound. Okay. But what do I see? Mm -hmm. What do I hear? Mm -hmm. What are those tastes? All of those things. And then give new information from the moment that you're in. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. I want to go just briefly uh, before we end our time together to talk about, because I know this is your specialty as well with grief and loss, and to talk about some of the ways that this integrative practice can help people who are in the midst of preparing uh, to lose someone because sometimes death is not instantaneous. Right, it, it takes a long time and people struggle in the end for many reasons, a lack of readiness, even when you know this person has been sick for a long time and their, but their transition is so long, you're overwhelmed. How can this integrative practice help individuals and families to hold a moment that they're in even when it's so painful but to live in that moment apply these things and and cope um with suffering well
1: I think especially in the western civilization of the world how we even feel about grief and what we think grief is we think grief is um time lapse contrast how long I will choose to be sad and then when I will go back to life it's normal and something that I work hard with my clients and patients and families and everyone is to release that expectation that we have about grief and to teach what grief really is that it's a lifelong up and down, journey and emotional path and it's okay to take that. Like we really building a safe space around talking about death, talking about how we feel about death, talking about how we feel about that person. And then being realistic of you are sad and you're gonna be sad. And there's no time limit on that. Mm-hmm. And I really, really explain to my clients there's not enough therapy or medication. They can take grief away. That's just not how it goes. But there is enough to help you manage your grief, mm-hmm. to help you embrace your grief. And it is hard to embrace something that is just so distasteful. Mm-hmm. No one, like, no one's signing up for grief, right? Like, there's that line is empty. But we all have to stand in that line. So mm-hmm. once we're done battling with the current need. Helping them transition to embracing the current. Let's talk about that person. And cry, 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 mm-hmm. cry. One of my favorite quotes is, the soul would have no rainbows, had the eyes no tears.
0: Mm, hold
1: and, on. The soul <laughs> would have no rainbows. Would have no rainbows. You know I mean? Yes, the soul would have no rainbows, had the eyes, no tears.
0: And oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's those gentle quotes that I like to say is no rain, no flowers. So we can think about the flowers and how do we get the flowers through the rain? So how can I now embrace the rain? Because it brings fruitfulness. It brings new beginnings. Absolutely. And then, yeah, even then, the change of seasons, right? Things die out, and then they they literally come back, right? And the rain helps to shift these patterns. So, really teaching. Hold on,
0: Paulisha. Hold on. Okay. We're being interrupted. Okay. Paulisha, can you tell us a little bit about how you can apply these principles to people who are experiencing grief and loss?
1: Yes. So. Um, with just releasing and learning that grief is just a lifelong teacher because there's no expiration date. There's no time frame. I really try to help my clients understand what grief is and how it may show up and results may vary, right? Like one person may process it this way and One person may process it the other, meaning one person can be really quiet about it, say much, and then you have another person that's talking about it and releasing and crying all the time. But one isn't better than the other. That's just how we naturally are. But what I encourage is that we don't run away and shy from the pain and sadness, which is often time an emotion that we're not well acquainted with because. Gender roles, gender expectations, societal expectations, cultural expectations, um, religious expectations, right? And so everyone has adopted this belief on how I need to feel my sadness and how I need to feel when um, I lose things and not just people, jobs. Um, our security, our innocence, our childhood. Um, it's an array of things that we can lose. Grief is applicable to every area that you operate in. Ourselves. Ourselves. My favorite pair of earrings. I, I have cried over my favorite pair of earrings. My mom got me those earrings. And to know I'll never see them again really pains me. Um, our animals, right? Our dogs, birds, snakes, cats, all everything. Um, yes, yeah, definitely great ourselves, grieving who we once were, grieving who we could have been and didn't become. Um just our goals and dreams and every grief is everywhere. It's mm-hmm. everywhere and it's in everything. And teaching how can we embrace and befriend our sadness because it's a part of us. Absolutely. And we can't get rid of it. And there is no if there's no no sadness, there is no joy. Like we gotta teach that too. Like right? Two things, those two things cannot exist at the same time. I cannot have joy and not have sadness. And if I am like something is true there because they, they go together. They're, they're just.
0: They're I think together. that you can have, I think that you can have joy and sadness. together. And, and so the, yeah. So the example that I give always, because remember, especially in dialectics, we we're saying that two things can be true at the same time. So it is true that my grandmother has passed on. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. But I have great joy because I know where she is and I know that I'll see her again. Well, I'm I saying you great can't joy. Have joy
1: not have sadness. Like meaning those two things do exist. So what you're saying, yes, those two things exist. I'm saying in the sense of when people are like, I don't want to feel sad. Mm. And I'm not going to feel sad. I just want to feel happy. Then they find it's harder to do. Yeah, all of your emotions matter, and all of your yeah. emotions have a place, and they all have a position in what they play. And so we can't exit out sadness and only have joy, and think for a long period of time that that's how we're going to now be able to live our life because sadness matters too. So absolutely, people, not how to get rid of emotions that feel uncomfortable. have have to live with with. with. it have to suffer
0: with yeah absolutely
1: Absolutely. um because we all want joy and peace and happiness and the positive feel and then sadness and anger it's like oh get away like yeah i don't i can't cry i don't want to cry our story part of our story yes yes and and it teaches us something that joy cannot teach us yes fear cannot tell
0: tell us us that, that that saying again
1: um, the soul, the soul has,
0: has
1: the no rainbow, rainbow. had the eyes, no tears, had the
0: eyes, no tears.
1: Yes. And,
0: and I, the I, name I, of my, I, my new book is called something about the rain. I saw that. I saw that with your email and I'm like,
1: that is so interesting. Oh, and to think we talked about rain and I was saying like embracing the rain, like no rain, no flowers. Like we can't get flowers mm-hmm. without the rain we just can't like they can't like it doesn't exist right like like, a cactus or something like that but we're talking about like a garden couldn't exist unless it's water yeah so
0: that's a beautiful as well because a cactus is also full of water so So god has designed it so that it holds on to just what it needs in order to live and thrive and then two can kill the cactus absolutely man yeah so everything in, in its time in the process of time.
1: For and sure. so
0: now we're I want you to talk a little bit. So then for so for for this particular area of life, as people are grieving, what are some of the aromatherapies that you can apply here with them? Uh and I'm thinking not just of individuals, right? Because if you've been in practice with an individual, they have once you've been practiced with practicing with them, they potentially have this skill. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about something that's long-term, that's a protracted suffering, how can you integrate aromatherapy, say like for a group of family members so that um, it could be a part of the ritual of saying goodbye, a part of writing a story or writing, uh, or journaling, uh, journaling experiences so they can share with one another, you know, or with the person who is in transition. For sure. I
1: think when I think of that, I think of candles. Candles are very ritualistic and used in a way of and foundations. And to just think the symbolism of a candle, right? Lighting something, even in our dark times, they lit candles, they lit lanterns to pave and show the way. So um, definitely, candles that have certain scents, like a lavender candle, like a eucalyptus candle, when we. Smell eucalyptus, there's this smell of fresh and cleanliness. Um, when we smell vanilla, right, there's this warmth, like baked cookies. Like it, make, it makes you feel comfy. Um, when we are smelling lavender, there's this relaxation. So I think in those moments, lighting candles where the family is present. So And lighting it before so they can walk in. Again, walk in and smelling those scents. Um, I always have a diffuser going, even when I gave group, um, like um, group classes and sessions. I turn my diffuser on and I say, like, these are the blends that's in this diffuser, and certain blends evoke certain feels. So if it is like to relax, putting in lavender and chamomile and vanilla. Um, if it is to kind of keep a focus, putting in like some peppermint and some lemon and things like that. So I think scents create, like sense being smelled create another sense of your body feels and how comfortable it feels. When you walk past like a bakery, you're like, ooh, right? Like you, you either feel hungry, you feel snackish, you feel like comfy, like, ooh, I want to be under a blanket. Yeah. And our essential oils bring those kind of feels. And so what kind of feels are we trying to invoke and how can we pair the scent go with that?
0: Gosh, this has been such an informative time. Thank you so much, Paulisha, for uh, joining us today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Grio Journals Coming Home Podcast. We hope the stories and insights shared here have touched your heart and soul. Remember, the journey to self, community, and healing is ongoing. And we're here to accompany you every step of the way. If you've been inspired by today's episode, please subscribe, share, and stay connected. Until next time, may your path be illuminated by the light of connection storytelling, and holistic healing. This is Dr. Marian Jefferson signing off, reminding you that your home is where your heart finds its deepest resonance.